Hello and welcome to the Freemasons Podcast. I am your host, Right Warshaw Brother George Mudry, and with me tonight, Brother Henry, Brother Joe. Brother Joe, Warshaw Brother Joe Zanino joins us again. He's no longer a guest, though. He's part of the family at this point. He's just going to start popping in whenever the hell he feels like it. Back by popular demand. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get right into it. We have a little bit of a topic to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple things. But one of the things we're going to talk about is start with the shout-outs first. Got only one, actually, uh, that I can think of off the top of my head, and it's Daniel Lindsay. And he wrote me and said, I just want to let you guys know that I shared your podcast with three people and drink more polar seltzer water. <laughs> we actually have the culprit with us tonight. <laughs> it's Brother Henry. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. No, sure. Didn't realize he came clean. So I said, uh, awesome, thank you, and I put saline in all the cans. <laughs> so, but that's all I got right now for shout-outs. So, brethren, together, right hand to arms. To arms. arms. Ready. 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 Aim. Aim. Fire, good fire, fire all. Together, brothers. Vivat, vivat, vivat. I guess we'll get right into it. All right. Our topics. So I had two of them actually I wanted to talk about. We were going to do uh, symbols in Freemasonry, as well as we we're going to talk a little bit about Revolutionary War and how Freemasonry played a part in it. So I guess we'll start first. I think we'll start with the symbols. What do we think? Works for me. All right. So, Brother Joe, I'm going to give you the floor on this one to start it off about different symbols. And I think we'll go around the table and talk about each uh, symbol or a couple symbols of Freemasonry. Uh, the one of them that I really enjoy is the Past Master one. So with your permission, I would like to talk about the Past Master symbol. But other than that, the floor is yours. Absolutely. As we know, there are many, many symbols throughout Freemasonry, and what's funny is that a lot of these symbols not only tied to Freemasonry, but also other things such as uh, this past week at our State of Communication at Ashler Aspetuck, I did a presentation on the similarities of the symbols uh, in Freemasonry to those in the tarot card. Oh, wow. Uh, one of the interesting things that I found out, there's a very popular tarot card deck called the Rider Weight tarot deck the weight of that name is actually a brother freemason oh no kidding um, so it, it is absolutely intentional that some of those symbols are embedded into those tarot cards and it's actually pretty cool oh wow now i i'll start off with with one that we see in a lot of lodges um you know, as soon as you walk into a lot of lodges you notice it right away right in the lodge room is the uh, black and white checkerboard mm. so you walk in, it's often right around the altar. I've seen some lodges where the entire floor of the room is done in it. Uh, but most recently, I've seen it specifically probably about a 10 by 10 section right around the altar. I think ours is 6 by 6. Okay. Same thing. Actually, yeah, yours is one of them. You know, it, it represents, you know, to quote Full Metal Jacket, the duality of man, sir. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's the darkness. It's the light. It's the good. It's the bad. It's the, the, you know, the primal and... Um, just shows the opposite side of things, which is essential to the balance, mm. uh, not only in life, but in Freemasonry, um, where you can't have one without the other. You right. have to have bad to have good. You have to have uh, darkness to have light. And it's just it's, it's a constant reminder. We like to 
live in the light and, and live our lives that way. But the darkness is right there, and it's something that you always have to be cognizant of. So that's what I've got for now. Very cool. My favorite symbol of Freemasonry has always been the Passmaster symbol, and it's very not understood. Obviously, you have the square and compasses, which are part of a Passmaster symbol, and they represent you square your actions by the square of virtue, and the compasses are to circumscribe and keep you within, within due bounds toward all mankind, but most especially a brother Mason. What isn't well known is what's below it, and it's a rounded, it's called a sextant. And what that is, it's actually used in navigation of ships, the sextant. Symbolically, it means for a Freemason is that you have done all of the chairs of the lodge. You are completely rounded and you've done everything that is required. You've sat in every chair. And that's where that symbol comes from. Part That's the sextant underneath the square encompasses. Which I never knew that. Thank you for teaching me that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what that means. And it's it's kind of cool. There's a whole lecture, uh, lecture that I did one time a long time ago on it. And I would, if had I been a little bit better at planning, I would have had it with me, but I don't tonight. But that's pretty much what it means. Other symbols. We can go through the officers once and basically uh, the symbols of the different officers. Tyler. On the Tyler, his apron, he has a sword. It's kind of self-explanatory. He guards the door. He wears a sword. Nowadays, it's probably a three fifty-seven Magnum or something <laughs> like that. But the sword has always been the sign of a defense. Yep. Then you run into your the next inside the door. Uh, historian obviously is it looks like a you know a scribe you know, with a pen and quill or whatever. But inside the door you have your deacons. You have and the deacons is actually it's a square and compass with a crescent moon on it. That's the the junior deacon. The senior deacon has a rising sun. Their positions in the lodge. The moon is at the close of the day, which is where the senior warden sits, which is why he has the moon. The senior deacon has the sun because the sun rises in the east and the senior deacon sits in, you know, toward the east on the eastern side of the lodge. Your two stewards are the other ones. The stewards have cornucopia. Cornucopia is full of fruit and all that stuff. You've seen it every Thanksgiving if you're in the States. You know, we celebrate Thanksgiving. It represents uh, food and plenty, and that's part of the steward's job is to be there at the time of refreshment. Uh, after that, you move up the chairs to the junior warden uh, has the the plum. And the plum admonishes us to walk uprightly in our seven stations before God. The plum is used to raise perpendiculars. If you're going to erect something in a building, you use a plum to make sure that it's complete vertical up and down. Now we use a level, the bubble level. But back in those days, they used the plum. So that's what that represents. Senior warden is the level. The level is to lay horizontals. I don't have... Levels used to provide horizontals in operative masonry. It's also used in speculative masonry as a symbol of equality. There you go. That we meet upon the level. I don't have it all in my head, so I'm glad there's another Warshall brother here who's actually <laughs> helped me out because I sometimes get turned around. And then the Warshall master is, of course, the square, and you square your actions by the square of virtue. And he, as the Warshall master, is supposed to be the perfect master. He is the master of the lodge. What else we got? I got him some crazy feedback in these headphones and I can't figure out why it's like insane it's the ghost it is the ghost because Henry's here <laughs> you know uh, you know I had to pull over the car on uh, that one <laughs> when I'm listening to the, the Liberty Ghost Hunters and they're asking about Henry and then your response is 
I couldn't take it. I had to actually pull over <laughs> at a rest stop on the Mass Pike and, and keep listening to it over and over again. It was so goddamn funny. Did you go over to the Liberty Ghost Hunters and see that missing footage? No, I have not oh, yet. You got to check it out. Wait, yeah? you go over okay. there. Oh, yeah. It gets, it gets pretty deep. Pretty deep. It's like, wow, that's crazy. While we're talking about the Pass Masters, I have a coin from Upon the Point that was given to me you know, from Dennis Burns, Worship Brother. I think he's Worship Brother, Dennis Burns. Mm-hmm who's the owner of upon the point i've plugged them many multiple times you came here with a challenge coin yes. and i want to return this one to you oh i thank you very much and this one is actually actually let me read it yeah quick. please this one is actually the past master's coin and it says the sun once set still shines its guiding light and it is the past master symbol again with the square and compasses the rising sun and the sextant and on the back it says the highest of distinction is service to others. And it has the letter G, an altar, the, the uh, master's jewel, the top hat, and a gavel. And I want to present that to you, bro. Wow, Joe. thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Uh, I like that so, one. And when I received that one, it was the first thing that I, I thought it was you. I'm like, I definitely want to give him this one back. Very cool. Thank you very much. Uh, while we're on challenge coins, I want to put another thing in and actually brother joe if you can reach back there, there's that piece of paper there and then inside the box you'll find saint elmo commandery's challenge coin that was passed out you bring the box right over it's fine it's the biggest one in there saint elmo's commandery is actually a commandery in meriden they are going to be celebrating on may 26 2019 saint elmo commandery number nine has is going to be celebrating its 150th anniversary and they gave, they sent me a challenge coin that is awesome. It, it, it's it's huge. I'm going to put it on the Freemasons podcast uh, website, our Facebook page. But it says, No nobris domine, no nobris sed nomine, tua da gloria, which is not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to you are, we give the glory. And it's got the symbol in the middle, in hoc signo winkies, which is by this standard you will conquer. And it's got the symbol of Knights Templar. And then on the back, it's got the two dates, May 26th, 1869 in May 26, 2019, and it's got their actual, I guess you can call it their commandery logo or jewel oh, wow. That's really on cool. it. It's a really nice coin, but I wanted to throw that in there for St. Elmo's commandery. It's a, it's a hell of a thing. 150 years is for sure quite a long time. So just um, to kind of get back to it, I'm looking at this uh, challenge coin here, and we talked about the sun when we talked about the, um, yeah, the senior warden, uh, deacon's chair and that's on his apron and we know that the the master represents the east or sits in the east during the opening of the lodge and it's funny i said before that there are you go around different places and you see symbols all over Mm. and i was actually in philadelphia uh in the old congress building like the original independence hall independence hall yeah there you go and um they were saying that when they that's where the first transfer of power from Washington to, to Adams took place. And they said people gathered from all over the world to watch it because they didn't think it was going to happen. They specifically pointed out the chair that the president sat in. And the joke to them was it was a half of a sun. And they're like, well, we're not really sure if it's the, the sun rising or the, the sun setting. Um, and some of us think it's, you know, it's setting on the old regime and, and rising on the, uh, on the new regime. But then I'm thinking to myself, well, if that's where the president sits and, and knowing how many of our presidents were Masons, 
got to be the rising sun. Right. It absolutely has to be. Uh, I kept that to myself and did not uh, share that with them at the time, but it's just those types of things that you see when you're out and about. I actually have a little bit of information on that, and this will actually lead us into the founding of our country, the founding fathers and the Masons, and the part that they played in the founding of our nation. Of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, there were 13 of them who were known Freemasons. Benjamin Franklin, Edelbridge Gary, John Hancock, William Hopper, Richard Stockton, Matthew Thornton, George Walton, William Whipple, um, and the following ones are signers that have been referred to as members of the fraternity by Masonic writers, and their affiliation is not known, but they are said to be Freemasons. Roger Sherman, Josiah Bartlett, Philip Livingston, Joseph Hughes, Robert Treat Payne, Thomas McKean, John Penn, Lyman Hall, which is funny, down in Yale, you have Lyman Hall, mm -hmm. William Ellery, Thomas Nelson Jr., absent of definitive proof of the Masonic affiliation of the signers named in the foregoing paragraphs precludes the possibility of known. So in that case, what they mean is uh, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Rush, Robert Morris, John Witherspoon, George Wythe, Francis Lightfoot Lee. A lot of these names are, there's a bunch more. I'm not going to read into them, but they were affiliated with Masons, which means they weren't ever to be found on Masonic books, but they had a lot of dealings with the Freemasons. And you know, there's a couple other stories too. Obviously, we all know George Washington was, and uh, Benjamin Franklin was as well. I think he actually signed the um, Declaration of Independence. But he was he, he was a diplomat, and he used the French lodges, and he was actually present at uh, making the making of Voltaire a master mason. So he went all over, and he was well respected because of his Masonic contacts, even in other countries. George Washington is said to have had all of his top generals were Freemasons because those are the only ones he trusted, which is quite incredible. Including the one that switched sides, Benedict Arnold. Including the one that switched sides. And actually, Benedict Arnold was a Mason here in Connecticut, and I think he was part of Hiram One. And I was told by another, I guess you can call him a senior member or a member that is well who's part of the new haven building which i'm part of down there too but not hiram one mm -hmm. but it was told to me that his name was actually on one of the charters and was scratched out they ink blotted his name oh wow uh there's actually a very cool scottish right degree with benedict arnold where and i don't want to get too much into detail but it was it was a very very interesting one where it was after the war the british were and again this is all kind of uh allegory it's not this isn't what actually happened but right, right. it was talking about how the war's over and the british you know british masons came here to the united states and they were at a lodge with american freemasons and they were all sitting down having a conversation and in busted in benedict arnold talking about how the british soldiers who were there at this mason meeting were doing this that and the other thing trying to sabotage their their actions and everything and the more, and then what happened is after this was all decided and everything, the the British soldiers left 
you know, because they were exposed that they were trying to sabotage the thing. But all the American Freemasons turned their back on him and Benedict Arnold because they said, that's great, but it still doesn't still doesn't change the fact that you betrayed your brothers. Right, right. And at the end of the of the actual you know, play, all of the Amer- they all stand up in the symbolic lodge, you know, on the stage or wherever it is, and they all turn their backs on him and he walks off. And that's the end of it. But it's pretty powerful. The allegory of it is right. to never turn your back on a brother. Never, never do something unbecoming to another Mason. So that's, that's a very interesting Scottish Rite uh, degree that I had seen. Again, it, you're not getting into the whole you know, part of it. The, right, right. The, with the word obligation of it and everything. But the play form of it is fine. One other thing I want to talk about that, that was pretty, and I actually want to do a Masonic toast. And I don't know, I actually found out about what happened in New Zealand. You didn't hear about what happened in New Zealand, Brother Henry? With the uh, with the mosque. With the mosque, right? Yep. A <clears throat> didn't hear about it. Armed gunman walked into a mosque, killed fifty people. Oh wait. And injured about forty more. I didn't know. I didn't know it was in New Zealand. Okay. He I, Facebook I lived it, or live streamed it of him walking in and gunning all these people down. It's Whoa. fucking horrific. Yeah. That's horrific. So I wanted to do a Masonic toast to the ones who passed away in that. So brothers, right hand to arms. To arms. Arms. Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Viva. 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 Well, that was pretty horrific when I seen that. And actually, Michael Alton was the one who told me about it. I had no idea. He's like, oh, did you see what happened? I didn't know that it was... Uh live streamed on facebook that part i did not yeah, know he actually i guess this guy had a 70 some odd page manifesto where he was talking about knights templar and everything else oh, really? so it's pretty fucked up that's for, to say yeah. the least yeah. and not and not something that we as freemasons associate no. with it's definitely not no. one of the great things about freemasonry is the universality of it and we accept anybody from any religion absolutely uh, people that uh, you know in my normal life before becoming a mason i probably just wouldn't have had an opportunity to associate with Mm. Uh, and that's one of the beauties of the craft is that universality. You get to meet a lot of people that normally you wouldn't, uh, you just wouldn't have exposure to. And on our altar, you know, our, yes, our ritual states, you know, about the Holy Bible and all that stuff. However, there are changes to that as well, though, where you can put the Torah or the Quran on the on the altar and do it that as well. Freemasonry is kind of it's universal. My headphones are going crazy right now, and I don't know why. They're literally, like, freaking the fuck out. Constantly Does you feel any better? I'm not cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, I must have something hooked up weird or something, because all I'm getting is static in my headphones. But Either that or when you play it back, there'll be, like, messages from the other side or something like that. Hey, you know what? Actually, while we're on that, we had our lodge rededication last night, uh, yesterday. Yeah, we did. And it was phenomenal. We marched from, you know, down the road where our old place was. We had two bagpipers, the police, Seymour police. I want to do a, a, a shout out to them. They, they blocked off the road. They, they basically escorted us up to where we were going. We had a drone going. And if you want to go and see those photos and video, actually, it's on the Freemasons podcast as well as Morningstar Lodge's Facebook page as well. And I think I put them on Instagram. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I can't remember off the top of my head. I but remember seeing them on Facebook, specifically the drone photos. I the, definitely saw them. They're very cool. cool. Yeah. Now, it was windy as hell. And that yeah, drone almost clipped someone's head off because the wind was whipping coming over the bridge over there. Yeah. The wind was whipping so hard. 
it almost knocked the drone out of the sky. It was pretty crazy. But, <clears throat> but then we came up here and we were lucky to have the Grand Lodge, you know, after we received them and they took over the chairs. I put a couple videos, a lot of pictures up of that. And it's quite an interesting ceremony. I, for one, have never seen a rededication ever before. But they do the whole symbolic cornerstone laying ceremony. Similar, it's pretty much the same one that was done by George Washington when he laid the cornerstone of Washington, D.C. Or the, the Capitol building. It was one of the two he I did. Think it was Capitol building. Capitol yeah. building. And that they used corn, wine, and oil in that yes. ceremony, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, they used corn, wine, and oil, and they did it here as well. It, it was quite powerful. Very cool. It just... it. It's definitely a sense of pride that. Did you guys hear that? I heard sure three knocks. I absolutely did, and it yes. sounded like it was coming from that way. I think it just went off again too. Sounded like, and it was distinct enough where it was three, like when you're opening a lodge. Wow! Like in that that cadence. As I'm talking about the whole rededication thing, so yeah. I guess they're yeah. pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> I have my two kids that. up here with me because uh, somebody had baseball and everything, but. My daughter's over here just just, just half-dollar-eyed, just wide-eyed, because she actually heard it first. She looked at me, and then I looked at Joe. And then... <laughs> no, definitely. Pretty wild. Clear as day. Clear as day. Pretty cool. <laughs> but that was... Uh, so so I, anyway, the rededication or a cornerstone-laying ceremony really hasn't changed throughout the years. It's pretty much the same. I think it's pretty universal across you know the country and everything. Interesting fact about George Washington, I think I've said it before, was he actually, after the war was over, he was offered to be the Grand Master of the United States of America, and he turned it down and said that the Grand Lodges should be on a state-by-state basis, which is why, to this day, there's there's no overhead. The only one that has an overhead is the Knights Templar. Quite interesting, though. Very interesting. David Worcester. Yes. David Worcester. There's a memorial. Is that in... Reading, somewhere I want to mm-hmm. say. I think it's in Danbury. You're, well, yes, Worcester Monument, Worcester Cemetery in Danbury, Connecticut. You are yeah. correct. Now, little civil, excuse, civil war, uh, Revolutionary War history. When the British were coming through here, and is this actually after Benedict Arnold had turned? One of the things he wanted to do was basically just pillage. New England, and basically New England, for those who, who don't know, is the states of Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Vermont. And Maine. Maine is part of it, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's New England, and that's pretty much where we live right now. But what what happened was they were going to burn down the city of Danbury, and British soldiers landed at Campo Beach, which is in Norwalk. Uh, no, excuse me. It, well, at the time it was Norwalk. Now it's... Westport, Westport, yeah. Westport now, but I think Norwalk was part, or Westport was part of Norwalk at that point. Correct. But they landed at Campo Beach. I think it was three thousand soldiers, and they marched from Campo Beach up to Danbury, and they burned it down. They were being harassed here and there, but pretty much the British were they were marching unimpeded to Danbury. They burned Danbury right to the ground. As they were leaving to head back down, General David Worcester intercepted them with a bunch of continental soldiers and they they battled it out at the battle of ridgefield for quite some time where david worcester actually died they battled it out and that's where he was shot and actually if you go uh what is that what route is that 
it's up in Ridgefield. It's one of the main roads in Ridgefield, and there's actually uh, wooden signs that say this is where the the chief engagement of the Battle of Ridgefield began. On on a ridge, yeah. And they they traded gunfire. I don't think there was any definitive winner, but they they battled they they battled back and forth for a while. And then it shows that there's if you go down the road a little bit further, there's another sign that says this is where David Worcester was shot. And then a little bit further down the road, it says this is where he died. He actually died there. But David Worcester is actually known as the father of Freemasonry in Connecticut. He's actually, I believe, he's on the Hiram Charter. I believe. I'm getting incredible static through these headphones. I actually just. Oh, yeah. It's insane. I should let you listen to it. I'm good. <laughs> yes, he is on the Hiram Charter, and it's actually the oldest lodge charter in the Western Hemisphere. Wow. I did not know that. Interesting thing about Hiram Hiram 1, which is in New Haven, they wear their aprons under their jackets. Interesting. That's how they used to wear them. When the, and they predate the Grand Lodge. Actually, Hiram 1's charter is from the Grand Lodge of England. Not Grand Lodge of Connecticut. In a couple of years, uh, not a couple, it was quite a few years back, Grand Lodge of, of Connecticut came to be, and they said all Masons will wear their aprons outside their jackets. And Hiram One refused. They said, no, we're wearing it under our jackets. And the Grand Lodge was going to pull their charter. And they said, no, 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 you don't have rights to this charter. We're chartered from England. And to this day, and they're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And to this day, Hiram One in New Haven is the only lodge I think in the Western Hemisphere that wears their aprons under their jackets. Wow. Yeah, quite interesting. Their ritual is actually slightly different too. If you actually go to their go to uh, their 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 lodge, you'll see it's much different. What else you got, Joe? Oh, just looking through. I see you thumbing through, so. Looking through, I was looking at some things on uh, Worcester. You know, it's just, uh, so I've, what I'm thumbing through here, just so you know, is a, a book that I picked up off of eBay <clears throat> quite a, uh, probably about five, six years ago. And it's titled Freemasonry in Connecticut, Connecticut Masons in the American Revolution. It's actually published by the Grand Lodge of Connecticut at, the, at 1976 during the Bicentennial by James R. Case, Grand Historian, which I'm fairly certain there's a, a, a Grand Lodge Award named after James Case. Hmm. I don't know. I know of the Pierpont. It's the only one I know. But you could be absolutely right. I, I don't really pay attention or notice the awards or anything like that. But one thing I do want to say is, while we're on the subject of rededication and everything, I want to thank the Grand Lodge of the State of Connecticut for coming out and doing that ritual. It was it was quite fantastic. And they took their time out. They marched with us, for those who could march. They marched with us in procession. And that procession hasn't been done by Morningstar Lodge since 1901, when we left wherever we were down, down the road and came to the Yale Beach Building. They marched in Masonic procession then, too. Okay. Yeah, so it's almost, I would say, roughly... A little bit more than 200 years ago, we did the same thing. Quite interesting, though. So one other interesting thing that I want to add as I'm just thumbing through the book here, there is a lodge in Fairfield, uh, Fidelity St. John's number three. I don't know if they were under your district back in the day. No. Um, 
but they they've been able to do some cool things there's a right around the fairfield connecticut town hall there's a old historic building that they recently restored called sun tavern and based on some uh, research that the local fairfield historian has done we actually know that masons met in that building um, i've actually been able to go on a tour of that building and they actually took us up to the third floor where they can't confirm specifically that's where the meetings were held but if you just look at the room the shape of the room where things would be set up it's, it's pretty it's much pretty obvious. obvious that that's where they did it but now they've gotten special permission they actually conduct degrees in oh, wow. that sun tavern so they've done a and actually the historian from fairfield is now actually uh going through some of the the degrees he's joining the lodge and uh, so each one of their degrees that they're doing with him is taking place at a historic building in Fairfield where they think Masons have met. So there's Sun Tavern. I think the Fellowcraft degree is being done at Ogden House. And I forget where the Master Mason degree is going to be. But um, it's kind of cool to think that back in those times, um, that's people met in that building. Now Masons are currently meeting in those buildings. It's really, really cool. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Where where is that building now? Uh, it is right on the old post road in Fairfield, next to the Fairfield Town Hall. Oh no kidding! Uh, there's a church right on the corner there. It's right in that center historic district. Yeah, the only time I've been down with Fairfield in in that area is when you guys had the passing of the brother. I showed up to uh, uh, in Fairfield. You guys remember? You guys had the uh, Oh, yes. Right was, when I took over, you guys had the, the Masonic funeral that I showed up to. Yes, that was uh, right at the beginning of my tenure as a Freemason. Uh, I believe it was Brother Ryan that had passed. A young guy, right? I, I don't remember okay. exactly. It was uh, it was at that funeral home down there, though. I don't know exactly. Yeah, it's not far. Maybe a couple blocks. It was the first time I met all you guys. Yeah, yeah. That was, it's a couple blocks from mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. there. And then the their current building is uh, you know, right around the corner from there. Mm. So, but it was kind of cool that they just got permission to. I think uh, the other place they're doing one is uh, Burr Mansion, uh, from Aaron Burr and that family lived in Fairfield. So oh, it's wow. an old historic mansion that um, is right downtown. Well, not downtown, but on the post road there in Fairfield, which is really cool. Wow. And they um, they actually do quite a bit uh, when they have these degrees. It's in all colonial dress. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. So you, it's. I think we had the colonial uh, degree team come here. I think shh, shh, I want to say it was King Hiram had one going on, and they did it in colonial. They actually asked Morningstar for our aprons because the old rounded aprons mm -hmm. we still have them. Oh really? And they actually say, "I'll show you after the podcast." Yeah. They actually say Morningstar forty seven on it, and it's the rounded oh, aprons. Oh, very cool. I haven't yeah. seen a lodge use those in quite some time. No, they're they're pretty much a, a lost art. But the colonial team asked us if they can and, and we were not ready to no, pass. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I've and, actually done quite a few degrees with the Scottish Rite uh, colonial degree team. Oh wow. Which they actually have a civil war. I know off topic, but they have a civil war degree team as well, which is pretty cool. I actually like when you do degrees yeah, I mean, granted, the EA and the fellow craft, you, you can do, like, colonial. But I do like when they dress up in in some sort of a, a theme. Mm -hmm. Like, it's either Civil War or Revolutionary War or something along those lines. There's a police degree. Obviously, we've all talked about Caledonians, which is really cool. They had the Caledonian. You ever seen that team? No, I have not seen that team. It's all Scottish. They're wearing kilts. Oh, okay. They wear, oh, yeah, they wear all decorative Scottish thing. It's called the Caledonian uh 
degree team and they they would do it for a while that was really cool to see too i figured out what my headset was it's what this the the port was not agreeing with my head with my mic so i swapped yeah, ports and it cut down a, a substantially so you guys can rest easy there's no one about to chase henry out of here <laughs> go to hell <laughs> we still heard the three knocks though yeah we yes, still we did, did hear the third knocks you know what, though? I wouldn't be surprised if that asshole Rafferty came back and he's banging on the freaking door. That would not shock me. That would not <laughs> this shock is true. me. This is true. Yep. For the record, I'm not calling him an asshole. <laughs> now that I've met him in person, I'll have to be nice to him. <laughs> My very first time here. I, at one point, it was late in the night. It might have been after hours. I think it was after hours. Mm -hmm. Where I'm like, you know what? Screw Rafferty. Yes. Yep, I, remember <laughs> that. I remember hearing you say that. Yeah, he heard it, too. <laughs> I got a few Facebook messages from him. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I've never met you, but you know, and all bro with all brotherly love, screw you. <laughs> he's uh, he's funny. He was actually just up here a little while ago, and you've actually, you, and you said you've never met uh, brother Jim in person ever before. No, never. He's a big boy, huh? He's a pretty big boy, yes, <laughs> definitely. But I hear this other guy, uh, Orson Obear. Yeah, yeah. He, I guess he talked to Orson on the phone before he came here, and he said he's got a really thick Boston accent, and he's he's fucking huge, so. Nice. We'll have to get him down here. Actually, he's going to that MasonicCon. Yeah, he's right? going to MasonicCon. We're going to be up at MasonicCon. I got to plug. I got to plug the date. I got to plug the time. We're going to be up there as well. Let me find it in my phone. I know it's April twenty seventh. Ah, oh, there you go. It's an all day event too, right? It's pretty much nine yeah, o'clock uh, in the morning. Yeah, like nine to five, nine to six, something like that. Yeah, and that's uh, Ezekiel Bates Lodge. I don't remember the number. Attleboro, here. Massachusetts. Yep. Yeah, we're going to be up there. We're going to be. Uh, we're going to have a table. I'm going to bring some, some shirts with us, bring some cards. You know, I've got some business cards and a couple other things. And we're going to be hanging out up there for a while. So if you want to come see us and bullshit with us, that's where we'll be. Masonicon. Sucks getting old. It does. <laughs> well, actually, I had some running around to do with children earlier. So I didn't. I usually write my itinerary of things that I have to talk about. And I just didn't. Henry, you're awfully quiet over there. What do you want me to say? I don't know. Say something. Something. <laughs> you know, that well, just came out of your you, nose. You got you there. <laughs> all right. I got a question. Go ahead. What's the artwork on top of the filing cabinet all about? What artwork? I haven't noticed someone I was grabbing a beer before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did that come from? I don't know. Huh. Did you read it though? No, I didn't. You said Go grab it. Go grab it, and we'll read it to the we'll read it to the listeners. Somebody decided to inside of our little. Our our beverage cabinet over here. They put a hand drawn picture of Poland Spring sparkling, the latest sponsor of the Freemasons podcast. They wrote Henry sucks. <laughs> Tiamo do not T um um I can't speak this, but anyway, it's fucking Italian with an Italian flag. It's got a goat on top of a polar orange dry can, and then it says, love you, George. And I don't know who drew this, but it's pretty freaking funny, and it's actually really good. <laughs> it's really good drawing. Am I going to get blamed for this, too? No. <laughs> you know, I can't you, draw you like that. Do a sketch to sure. prove that it's not me? I am See, not this artistic. So On top of that, it was put inside there. And the door was closed, and you don't know the code yet. <laughs> okay, so see, I, I've been vindicated. So you're safe. You've been vindicated on that Thank one. Thank you. But somebody else is a smartass, so. Well, it's probably the same smartass that's doing the polar. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm actually shocked you haven't gotten to the bottom of that. I haven't. Yeah. I actually kind of backed off it, to be honest with you. I kind of let it go. 
no point at this point. I'm just kind of living it be. I don't believe that for a second. I think that's part of your mastermind scheme of somebody, you're going to let it go, then somebody's going to think it's not funny anymore, and then somebody's going to come forward. I know. I got you. Cerebral what did you think assassin. Of, what did you think about the, the picture that we took outside the lodge? Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> I couldn't read with the signs. Oh, with the uh, the stroller? No Mason babysitters is what the sign said yeah, with the stroller. Oh, that okay. was funny. That was funny. <laughs> I was actually listening to that uh, conspiracy theory podcast on my latest trip up to Massachusetts and just listening to that recording. I, just, I, I don't even know what to say about how stupid some people are. Not but, you guys, the woman that you were playing the YouTube yeah. video on. I know how stupid you guys are. Oh, we're pretty fucking stupid. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Stupidity is, is definitely one of our traits. I don't have anything else. This is relatively a short podcast. We could just basically bullshit and do whatever. I'm actually ill-prepared for this one. Actually, if you don't mind, I would like to do one more toast. Okay. Uh, a brother that we affectionately known as uh, know as Digger. I won't mention yes. his last name. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. But a great great man in Connecticut Freemasonry. He was one of the first Masons outside of my lodge that I met. I went down to a Blue Lodge Council meeting down in Stanford, and uh, first guy that came up, and uh, you you know Digger, you've mm-hmm, seen him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wasn't the most nimble of men. He was an older man. At that point, he had his oxygen yeah. that he needs, mm-hmm. but he saw a new brother come through the door. He'd jump out of his chair and uh, and go greet them, and Mm, he cool. made me feel so welcome, and it's funny because their lodge is in a building. I grew up in Stanford, um, and the, their Masonic Lodge is where I went to Cub Scouts as a oh, kid okay. right in my neighborhood. And I was telling him about that, and he's like, oh, then let's go walk around the building. And you know, as best he could, he, sh- he showed me around. But I always remembered Digger from that day forward. And then you know, fast forward quite a few years, and uh, as I started my Scottish Rite journey, one of the first guys that I see when I walk through the first Scottish Rite meeting is Digger once again. Uh, just a great, great man. You know, any Connecticut Masons listening to this probably know that name and yeah. and know who he was, at least in the uh, Fairfield County area. It's just a great, great man. So uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to give him Absolutely. a Absolutely. Actually, I'm glad. I was going to do that as well, and I'm glad you reminded me. So you lead this one. All right. Brothers, right hand to Arms. 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 Ready? Ready. Ready. Aim. 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 Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Viva. 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 Yeah, I actually forgot all about that. I'm glad you actually mentioned it because that was one of the things I wanted to do on the podcast, and I actually forgot all about it. No, he he meant a lot to a lot of people. Definitely... uh, it was a great, and he was also involved with uh, the Masonic Scouting Association yes. too. So, mm-hmm. touched a lot of people's lives in in many different ways. So, God bless you, brother Digger. Absolutely. And so, let's discuss what we're going to talk about next time. What? Are, anything you want to hear, Joe? Oh, let's see what we've covered. We've covered the Oak Island thing. We've covered the Knights Templar probably have a real fun one if we wanted to get into the shrine a little bit get some bagpipers up here i know nothing about the shrine i don't know much about it either other than i'm a member i know absolutely nothing i saw i ran into the 
Paraben Shriners nine bagpipe team down at the Colony Grill today. Oh yeah, they came in and in full regalia and just started playing. It was actually pretty cool to see. Nah, anything. I, I like the historic mm. part of Freemasonry. Any time period, any any topic that covers it. There's one that I want to talk about. There's about two that I've actually wanted to talk about. One is the Freemasons and the Underground Railroad, and two is Freemasons in Nazi Germany. Both very good, yes. Those are the two I want to do. I think the one I want to start with is the Nazi Germany one. Yeah, because we could talk about when we had symbols on here before, and I won't mm-hmm. get into it too much, but the uh, forget-me-not yeah, and how that was used as a symbol during reign of Nazi Germany. Yeah. It was a way for Freemasons because they couldn't wear their square and compasses. That was how they distinguished one another. But we'll also talk about the role that they played in the underground and all of what they did to destabilize even Mussolini mm-hmm. is one of Garibaldi. Did you read about him? Yes. He's, there's actually a Garibaldi Lodge in New York City, Manhattan, I believe. Yep. Yep. And, and they do a. Never knew that. They do a pretty cool degree. There's a Garibaldi degree that they do, and it's uh, I believe it's the EA degree, but they add some mm-hmm. really special things to it. I think I it's all done in it Italian yet. too, correct? Uh, I believe so. Dan would love it. <laughs> <laughs> he probably already gets an invite just as an honorary member <laughs> because he's all Italian. I actually, it's funny that you mentioned that though, because when I was talking with Rafferty on the phone, uh, I said, "Wait, can we just clear something up?" Is he Italian or is he not Italian? <laughs> he's like, no, he's not Italian. He's Puerto no, Rican. Not at all. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's Puerto Rican. <laughs> he was actually, uh, we, we were actually hanging out uh, after the thing. and There wasn't too much ball busting at the at the rededication. No, no, it was pretty much, it was, it was a nice time. It was, yeah. There was no too much ball busting. It was, oh, no, I'm wrong. There was ball busting. <laughs> so we have our stewards. You'll love this one. We have our stewards, Gary and Seth which is Ryan's brother. We're all up here, and you know the stewards, their job, we told them when they first, well, you guys got to go cut the cake, you know, get the coffee ready, you right. guys go do that. They went and did it. Seth had to leave and go to work. Okay. So me and Dan were up here, and <laughs> I said, Dan, call Seth. He's like, why? What am I calling for? Tell him that, why, where, where the hell are you? You're supposed to clean up. The fucking Grand Lodge officers are cleaning up the lodge room right now. The Grand Master is losing his fucking mind. So he calls him up, and he says exactly that. He's like, dude, the Grand Master's pissed. He's like, you're supposed to clean up the fucking lodge. The Grand Master's wiping tables down right now. Where the fuck are you? And he's on the phone. (laughs) Dude, dude, I didn't know. Dude, I didn't know. (laughs) And how long did this go on for? It only went on for a couple minutes, but I think I think it scared the shit out of him. So he told Danny, he's like, oh, I'm going to get you back. But that was a funny little That was the only real shenanigans that happened. Okay. That almost makes me think of possibly a, a new segment for this show is prank calling other brothers with stupid stuff like oh, that and, and recording good. it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> we'll have to come up with some stuff. Yes, definitely. It'd be like uh, Jerky Boys, only different. Wow, yes, I like it. I think we should do it. All right, I'll come up with some people to All prank right, cool. call. I also have to get a scrambler number for my phone because if they see my number, they're gonna be like, "Fuck you, George!" They're gonna click, they're gonna hand the phone on me. I think it's a great idea. Though. I might have something that could help you out with that. We'll talk about it All after right. I close this down. Yes. But. All right. Other than that, I got nothing. I'm pretty much tapped out for this one. I'm good. Same here. Again, I apologize. This one was kind of uh, this was kind of weak. 
Uh, we had our rededication service yesterday, or rededication ceremony yesterday. So I'm pretty spent, I'm pretty beat up, <laughs> and I really didn't have much to prepare. I just kind of wanted to dabble in those two things. I would like to go into the Revolutionary War more deeply, as mm -hmm. well as the Civil War, which gets real interesting between brothers from the South and the North. There's a lot of things going on there, too. But I wanted to dabble a little bit in this yep. episode. And in the next coming episodes, we'll come up with we'll we'll start talking about more in depth things, and especially when we get a couple more brothers here. And I also don't have two children over there. All right. <laughs> on so, that note, on that note, we're gonna wrap this one up. I am Right Warshaw Brother George Marjorie signing off. Brother Henry, Brother Joe, Warshaw Brother Joe, Brother will always do the polar prank culprit, <laughs> the polar bandit, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> That sounds As like a new I, shirt. <laughs> I am just going to state on the record before you close. Uh -oh. And I said this to you before. And I said this to you in a text. I can neither confirm or deny any involvement in the polar pranking because I am under oath and obligation to protect a <laughs> brother's secret. With your fucking eyes closed. And my, <laughs> on, on my Masonica, an obligation. Um, my confirmation or denial may compromise another brother's <laughs> secret that he told me and i just i i just can't talk about it i'm gonna get you sons of bitches <laughs> but i'm really glad that you brought up the prank call thing uh-oh <laughs> really glad you did because i'm going to use it and be ruthless with it all right so again let the, the free carpet bombing begin let the carpet bombing begin <laughs> for the freemason podcast again for the last time i am right worship brother george marjorie signing off brother henry Brother Joe, thanks for listening in. Have a good night.